Okay, everybody. So I have Brianna Breezy Spread Love with me today, and we are going to conversate about everything that's going on in the world and all that. Yay. So how you doing, sister? Yay. Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Hey, all you have have humans out there in the universe. I hope y'all are doing well, too. Oh, my goodness. I'm doing better today because the sunshine is out and i'm really grateful that the sun is out yes yes mm -hmm. yes it's beautiful here the weather is is rocking so super blessed about that yes yeah the sun seems to have a really positive effect on my mood especially with everything that's going on in the world i think that it's really important to continue to connect with nature yeah, for sure. And I feel like nature's on this high vibe right now too, or everything is just because we had that pause in the cause, I think everything I feel like it's kinda like Narnia right now. Where there's just like you know, I don't know if you notice, but here around here like the rabbits are just like hanging out, they don't run from us anymore. They just like sit in the yards and just like chill and are more comfortable and I feel like the wildlife's just more comfortable now. <laughs> There's not so much going on. Yes, definitely. I had some experience with some squirrels that didn't mind playing in the tree uh, above me. That was really fun and interesting. I was like, please don't jump on me. <laughs> <laughs> I had one, I was meditating on the porch and I had one come up and just like have a peek. And I screamed because I'm just like not used to, you know, squirrely that close. I mean, super close. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah! And then it was just like, whatever, whatever. And just stayed there. So I was like, okay, I got to get used to this. You have a squirrel friend. Yeah, you got to get used to connecting with nature on a deeper level. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm down. I'm down. Oh, yeah. Me too. I'm very much ready to connect with nature, especially with like, are there aliens out there? I don't know, but it would be really cool if aliens came down. You know, that would be another way to connect with nature, the cosmos, to connect with the cosmos. I think it's happening. I feel it's happening. And I feel that there's already aliens here. Oh, yes. I feel it. I feel I have a little alien in me. You know, but... Like a hybrid child? Yeah. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. For sure. Because there's just some things about this world I just don't really understand totally. Mm -hmm. Just trying to Yeah, there's a lot of mystery to this world. Yeah. Which I'm trying to get, you know. Especially as far as humans are concerned too. Sometimes I don't understand humans very very much. I'm trying to get it, but <laughs> Oh man, me neither. No, humans are hard to understand and even the fact that we try to understand our humanness is complicated because in order to understand our humanness we have to label everything and we have to put everything in boxes in order to like understand it so we have to put in like we have to describe ourselves as i'm a bisexual black and white female who enjoys anime and hula hooping in order to like understand our human experience and how it differs from another human's experience right Right. Yeah, I've always found that um, super complicated um, as far as um, 
and, and I'm also, I also have some resistance as far as labeling myself and because I feel like I lose my authentic nature, which is always changing. I think if anything, right. I would label myself as be like the I Ching. It's just like, <laughs> it's always changing. Like I'm just always going to change. So I have resistance to setting myself up as a specific label. Mm-hmm. Life- at the same time, it helps to communicate where you're at. Like even just telling me that you are, you would describe yourself more like the I Ching helps me understand like who you might be as a human. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we need, I feel those, like those labels are like story. Like we need some type of story to associate with, mm-hmm. to identify and to relate with. Right. We're, we're, uh, we create a narrative for ourselves to understand how we move through the world and how we interact with the world. Yeah. Yeah. Humans are meaning making creatures. I really like Alfred Adler, a psychologist. Um, He hypothesized that humans ascribe meaning to things. We give things meaning. And I thought that was powerful because that means we can choose how we react to a situation. We can choose whether this pen that I am holding has any significance or not. Like, it could have memories and I can choose to value this pen because of those memories, or I can choose to value the pen because of its shape and its color. You know, we give objects meaning and depth to them in order to create a narrative of our life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's very powerful as well. There's a, there's a lot of power in that. Right. Cause it's kind of, it kind of connects to that idea of manifestation. Right. In one way, it's if we uh, if we are able to give ourselves uh, a powerful meaning, like if I say that my purpose is deeply spiritual, then I'll begin to orient myself towards that type of path, towards a spiritual path, and work on things that enhance certain spiritual aspects of myself. When I put meaning into my life. Um, I get to decide that. So if I really want to be an artist, you know, I can give myself that meaning and everything I do ends up being what people might say is like, oh, she's living the artist life. Right. But you're sovereign in that you get to choose what your, your meaning is. Mm-hmm. And it can change, you know, it's not, it's uh, flexible, not rigid. Right. So it's like very creative. It's like you're co-creating. Mm-hmm. In one moment, you can be uh, somber and, you know, calm. And in another moment, you can be energetic. You can be yin and yang. Right. At the same, at the same time, or it's mm-hmm. changing. So what do you feel like? people get caught up in, you know how people get caught up in certain narratives um, where, what do you feel like people get stuck where they're, where they don't, they feel like they lose their power or they can't um, co-create? There's, they adopt maybe a victim narrative. Is that what you're kind of asking? Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, where do, like, how do people 
move away from this victim mentality, this victim narrative of like everything happens to them and how can they move more into a space where, you know, even if things happen to them, they still have power. Right. Um, it's, it's very personal to each person, but one way of doing it in my book is to focus on the very, the very thing that gives you life, which is your breath. When you begin to focus on your breath work, um, you become more aware of the thoughts that come to you as you attempt to focus on your breathing. Mm -hmm. And in certain situations, you'll be able to become aware of your breath. And if you feel stressed out, you might become aware that you're holding your breath. So when people tune into their breath, it is a tool that can help um, break negative thought patterns. And that's really what you want to do is break those negative thought patterns so you can pull yourself into a space of survivor mentality because the survivor understands that bad things have happened and might continue to happen, but they know that they have skills and mental tools that they can use to help them overcome those challenges. Mm -hmm. They have to develop those tools though. And one way of, one tool is by using the breath. The next tool is by breaking those negative thought patterns and replacing them with positive affirmations. And then moving from that space into a space of healing specifically to whatever trauma you're healing from. I like that. Mm -hmm. I I mean, like, it's really yeah. hard though. <laughs> it is hard. It is hard. <laughs> I can like say it, but you know, it's a lot of work tuning into your thoughts. Right. Right. I think what's, what's cool about it is that, okay, it's, you don't have to pay a lot of money for it. You know, it's just really, it's coming natural, naturally from you. Mm -hmm. When you connect with your breath, you're connecting with the earth because you are sipping and eating that prana that you need. Mm, very much and so. You are, it's, it's just a, such an intimate act to connect with your breath and to connect with your life source. I feel when people say, I'm, I feel disconnected, I'm not connected, um, I wanna feel more connected, I feel like those are the moments where you can actually connect mm -hmm. to everyone, all that is just by breathing through your breath, you know? Because you're already open to it. Right, you're already open to it. And you're just kind of applying awareness to something that you're already doing. Mm -hmm. And so there's empowerment within that. Yes. Well, going, oh, yeah. I, you know, especially when you're the victim and things are being done to you and you feel disempowered, like you, you can't do anything. You know, your self-esteem mm -hmm. is low. And then you go, you know what? I can breathe. <laughs> yeah. I'm breathing right now. I got this, but yet, but yet it is a blessing to breathe. It means that you're alive. Hello. Yeah. You know, so yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm still breathing. So let me just get this down. <laughs> let me just, this is what I can focus on. You know, there is that saying where it's like, focus on uh, what you can control, you know, release what you can't control and focus on what you can control. Right. And the, I didn't really notice how important breathing was because it, it, it kind of came naturally to me to do breathing meditations. 
when I tried to do a breathing meditation one time with a client, she literally went into a panic attack because the, the, just the idea of focusing on her breath gave her anxiety. And I realized that some people are, are unconscious of their breath. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's such a, it's such an intimate act mm-hmm. that, you know, some people, if they're not, if they haven't, you know, ever listened to their breath, it's so intimate. It takes them back to their, um, their birth. It takes them back to their childhood when they were babies. And the, you know what I mean? It's just, yes, it's, it's, it's very primal. Yeah. It's so primal. It just, and it's very healing because of that too, you know? Mm-hmm. But that, you know, it makes me think of when it comes to it, that's, it's, it's our humanity, you know, and it, when it comes to our humanity, where are we at with it, fully accepting our humanity if we can't even listen to our own breath, you know what I mean? <laughs> like we can't even sit still and listen to our breath. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, you're touching on like that deep point about you know what does it mean to be high vibe what does it mean to be of a higher consciousness and I think that it means to be aware of your breath and then through that awareness you're aware of how your energy affects other people's energy and then how your energy is affected by other people's energy and that to me is living a higher consciousness living in another dimension because you have this like fourth dimensional awareness almost of like other energies, other things that are going on in your environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's getting, yeah, it's very, yeah, that's, that's a very, um, that's a very good way to look at it. And it's so simple too. It's not like rocket science. It's not like you got to get a degree in rocket science or you got to pay a whole lot of money for it. <laughs> it just takes practice. The only thing you have to pay for it is time. That's all you have to pay for it with is time. And that's why, like when I was going through my master's program for counseling psychology and when I was doing my practicum and my internship, the thing I would recommend to my clients is, you know, to start doing yoga, to start doing meditation, because you can go to YouTube, which is free. You can go to an app and download a free app. And many of the t- many times they'll have yoga routines. They'll have meditations that you can listen to and practice yourself. And that is a free form of therapy if you just can't afford talk therapy. Yeah. Or, you know, I used to tell people, just do one pose a day. Just do one yoga pose a day. You don't have to go through the whole thing. Do an mm-hmm. act of yoga. But if you could do, do you know. Work ten, on that warrior. Yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes of meditation, you know, just kind of put it in there. But you're doing it every day. You know, it will really be helpful. Mm-hmm. You'll really yeah. feel, feel it after practice. Yeah. Uh, you just reminded me that I've been reading this book called A Little Bit of Mantras to connect more with saying mantras. And then also I was teaching a mindful mantra course. And there was a part of the book that reminded me, you know, even as I progress on this spiritual path and have a few years under my belt, like people might see me as a pro, 
But at the same time, I still fall off my routine, right? I still need to remind myself to just do that 10 minutes of meditation or to just do that one yoga pose because even I fall off my routine. And they had this quote in the book. I'm going to read it so that the listeners really understand the depth of what we're talking about, which is the art of beginning again also applies to our practice as a whole. Everyone has periods of regular daily practice that drop off when life gets busy. Any long-term practitioner will tell you that learning how to return to daily practice after losing momentum is the secret to success. So instead of beating yourself up for not maintaining a daily practice, try reframing the moment as an opportunity to reconnect to the deeper motivation of your practice by simply beginning again. And it's just like the breath. With the inhale comes the exhale, and then you simply begin again with the inhale. Right. Just keep breathing, just keep breathing, just keep breathing. <laughs> if you've watched Finding Nemo, I hope that you find that funny. <laughs> I think also, too, is this like, you know how they talk about beginner's mind? Mm-hmm. Even with, because um, I've, I've been practicing yoga for many, many years and meditation as well. And so there is something that happens when you have to, and also um, um, mantras I really love and I explore them. I, I look at my practice with that as more like a scientist. And mm-hmm. so I'm... Um, building them i'm doing mixes of them remixes of them and things like that for for myself this is all for myself Mm -hmm. okay cool right just to kind of see see what happens what comes through what comes through um but even with that sometimes you lose it you lose it you know Mm -hmm. And, or, you know, I'll do a puja or do a, um, I'll do, um, you know, a 40 day mantra and Mm -hmm. then, you know, you have to do it for 40 days every day, the same mantra. And if you, if you stop, if one day you forget, you got to start over. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. But sometimes I feel like when I have to start over like that, I don't feel like, oh, I failed. But what I feel Mm -hmm. like is I must have to do more. The universe is telling me that I have to do more, that I might have to do, um, uh, you know, 10, 50 days instead of 40, where I was supposed to do 40. Maybe I needed to do 50 in order to to Mm -hmm. realize the energy. Yeah, you have to push yourself a little bit harder. Maybe the, you needed some more like amplification of that mantra. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so sometimes it's like beginner's luck. You guys start over or, you know what I'm saying? There's something else that magic that's happening if you need to start over with something. There's something going on behind the scenes that is coming to you. Right. Mm-hmm. something else that needs to be cultivated in your awareness. Yeah. 
Right. I totally get that with like my meditation practice and going for like 10 day meditation retreats. I've done Vipassana meditation before. And uh, during those 10 day meditation retreats, like by day four is when you feel it. That's when you're like, oh man, I don't know if I can sit in silence for another whole day. Like, I don't know if I can just not talk to anybody for another full day. And then by day six, you're really going deeper into yourself. And uh, that energy, like, I would not normally meditate for four days straight, let alone six days straight. So when you having that energy there allows you to go deeper within your thoughts and literally confront parts of yourself that you weren't aware of, or if you were aware of it, you kept shoving it back down. So then that part of yourself will come right back up. And it, it only happens if you are exposed to like a certain level of spiritual energy for a long period of time. Yeah. So things can come up for you to just be able to witness and clear and, um, mm -hmm. and see, yeah. From your subconscious. Mm -hmm. Which was, and then like by day 10, at the end of day 10, the way they end it is with uh, a metta meditation, which is like a meditation on love and sending love to everyone. So by the end of day 10, you're like in this blissed out state and you're like, but I don't want to leave. <laughs> Even though like the whole like seven days, you're like, I, I got to get out of here. And then by like day 10, you're like, no, I must stay and meditate some more. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I've done two 10-day two meditations and one three-day meditation retreat through Vipassana. So I really enjoy having that um, time. Plus, it's really nice because they cook for you, so you don't have to cook anything. They just feed you straight-up vegan food all the time. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I often have people come to me after Vipassana. Oh. People come to me after vipassana and after ayahuasca they were like bobby <laughs> did ayahuasca or they were like bobby i just did vipassana it's great it's great so it's like i feel the energy like straight it's like <laughs> yeah it definitely changes you and it's that change sticks with you i'd say for a good like three weeks um unless if you continue your practice it'll stay longer yeah, meditation is super important. Oh, yeah. Especially right now. So right now I am doing a lot of loving kindness meditations through my Facebook because of, I live in Livonia, which uh, has a strenuous past. It, it was a sundown town, which meant that it was, to summarize, it meant that it was legal to shoot a black person after dark. Mm. Um so like my hometown is has healed a lot since then um but still had a long way to go since maybe 20 years ago my dad got pulled over randomly because he made a u-turn in a parking lot and so and my dad's black so uh that was like an experience that he had and so i do these loving kindness meditations on my youtube channel or and on my facebook page because it's important to remind ourselves to stay open to haters and to stay open to people who have prejudiced beliefs and to stay open to racists because that conversation can go both ways. Now, I wanna emphasize for people to 
still maintain strong boundaries. If you need to get away from a toxic conversation or an argumentative person, please make yourself safe and do so. But stay open to having those conversations with your friends, with your family members. You know, don't just cancel culture them and, you know, have the, be like, unfriend me if you believe this, you know. Try to stay open and to have those dialogues so that we can continue to share differing perspectives. And the loving kindness meditation is just a delightful reminder of that and to send loving kindness to people that we may not feel positively about. Mm. I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's one way we can focus on healing racism right now is, you know, even with our white allies who are trying to understand the experience of being black, to have compassion, but also maybe some tough love, you know, to keep encouraging them to educate themselves and to keep learning um, and to also correct their behavior and to stay open to them and to not be like, well, you just don't get it. That's why I'm not going to talk to you. You know, stay open to them. And at the same time, you know, being half black and half white, I have experienced colorism on the other side of the spectrum, too, where uh, my darker brothers and sisters, they tend to have some very prejudiced beliefs towards like black and white people getting married um, or dating even. And so to just get like gain some awareness at how that continues to create divide that that mentality continues to create separation and i don't see it as a way forward um as a way towards unity and so the loving kindness meditation again reminds us um that we all are living on this planet together we are all one human species um trying to discern the best way to be stewards on this earth the best way to live together and to uh, have a collective, empowering human experience. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I agree. I agree with all that. I agree mm-hmm. with all that. It's easy to be polarized, to polarize things. That's what humans do, you know, in a, in a sense, um, to say that person's right, that person's wrong. Um, to hate, to pick sides. And that does, that's definitely not going to move us forward. It's really not. It's really not. We were talking about this higher consciousness aspect. Like how does that connect to that higher consciousness? Right. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't, Mm -mm. it doesn't because the higher consciousness is coming in on a soul level and is all about growth and evolution and sustainability and abundance Mm -hmm. and the lower consciousness frequency is based on lack and fear and lack and fear is about you or me not you and me yeah that's hard for me to comprehend i was waiting for you to just say you and me because I'm so in the you and me mentality, you know, right. I don't, really, I don't really get the you or me. Right. <laughs> right. Where it's you or it, it's me because it's survival mm-hmm. based or not, or, 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 or lack based, I should say. So it's you or me. I have to get mine mm-hmm. before I, before you get yours. Not understanding that there is enough and we have enough. And we can make enough, you know, uh, 
we can create one of the things that came to my head was that scene from aladdin where aladdin gets that loaf of bread and then he sees like two kids that are picking through the trash looking for food and he looks at his loaf of bread and he realizes that he can get by on just half of it and he breaks it in half and gives the other half to those kids you know that's the you and me mentality right right not the i have this you gonna steal this from me because i have this mm -hmm. it's crazy this world is crazy like that a, a capitalistic society is a little crazy and can make you go crazy right but these are all it's kind of like and this is where i feel like we need to be mindful is that just like we had said earlier we one of the ways that we human beings go through navigate ourselves through this world is through story and archetypes and narratives mm -hmm. that we have to be careful and mindful about the narratives that are coming into our system of awareness mm -hmm. without guilt without guilt or shame to be discernful about what's coming into our awareness mm -hmm. and try to alchemize shift and change it if we need to because we have the power to do that and so i feel like being kind and holding space for all narratives right so you have a narrative of somebody who is totally different from your perspective and you're holding space for that even just holding space for that um creates anomaly i feel creates um a miracle right there mm -hmm. a miracle right there just to be listened to uh could switch someone's energy up yes just to feel valued they could have their own like internal epiphany yeah yeah mm -hmm. and some of my you know just from just from a different perspective is that you know some of my um my dad was uh biracial and mm -hmm. it was back in his day no one said anything about it so people in my family don't even talk about it it's just oh. it's like not really talked about um the my grandfather was white so they grew up my 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 aunts and uncles grew up in like the black power movement so you know black power you don't talk about right. don't talk about the white people in your family <laughs> right so it's like totally opposite but but at the same time um they are still very you know open-minded and, mm -hmm. and things like that so but i so i did have people in my family and definitely grew up around um black people who were not so open-minded about what was going on and mm -hmm. because of because of me being so open-minded i had a lot of slack in the friends that i chose and the people that i would hang out with um the black community gave me a lot of a lot of slack for that and so my thing was to make sure that you know i i, I stayed open-minded to their point of view which I can understand their point of view. These are people who have been oppressed and and had had some some major mm -hmm. trauma with white people. Um, 
but yet I hold down my story and that is my story and my perspective, which has nothing to do with theirs ultimately. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a different way of living. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that open-mindedness too, like that ability to understand that somebody's perspective is valid, like their experience is valid um, because of everything that's happened to them in their past that they've created this narrative that um, we can also acknowledge, you know, if, even if it's in conflict with the narrative that we've created for ourselves about the world. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean, because tr objective truth is different from subjective truth. And right now we're talking about how people subjectively view the world and yeah. that, it, yep, it can be different than, you know, how I view the world and that's okay. Right. I think where people get caught up is where they feel like philosophy is a way of life mm -hmm. and philosophy is just philosophy. It's, it's, it can inform ways of living life or ways to comprehend life, but philosophy is just philosophy and it's, it's more like guidelines really. Right. Or suggestions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, sometimes I like Rumi, and sometimes I like, like, Foucault. Foucault, is that him? He's French. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, sometimes I love Rumi, and sometimes I love Nietzsche. Like, mm -hmm. I love Nietzsche, come on. Yes, and he's very stoic. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Rumi's like, be love. <laughs> Right, right. I think Rumi had the quote where it was like, wound is where the light enters or something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. That's beautiful. And I can't remember a Nietzsche quote off the top of my head, but no, I don't got it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's, um, but I think it's important to understand different, um, you know, being open is, for me, is understanding different points of view, different philosophies um, that you could dance with, that you could resonate with, especially if the narratives that are, you're trying to deal with are not sustainable in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you need to change, switch them out. Right, because we need soul food. We need narratives. That's a human, human thing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the uh, problems that are happening right now have to deal with people um, or, or hitting on something deep. Mm -hmm. A lot of um, anxiety is that people are being fed um, narratives that are upsetting their system. Mm -hmm. And it's like eating something bad and your stomach hurts and you're like, why is my stomach hurting like this? You know? And, but yeah, that's all the food you think you have. Mm -hmm. That is so true. You've, you've definitely touched on how the media we consume uh, affects us and can uh, take a toll on our mental psyche. It takes up room in our brain that we could be using to create, to um, create new things in our world. And we're, we're, we're it's being used by fear propaganda, 
it's being manipulated manipulated and co-opted by certain companies even um it's funny that you mentioned that because i pulled a card this morning and it was food and it was the card that deals with nourishment and healing let's see if i can pull it off the top here so you can see it so there's like food in this picture and it talks about nourishment it talks about relationships and it talks about health and it talks about how you need to nourish yourself right now at this time with things that uplift you yeah with things that can really um when i say nurture you i mean that really deep loving uh rejuvenation that comes when you fill yourself up with fuel that works think of yourself like a convertible like a hot rod you need the proper type of fuel to go into that car if you put the wrong type of fuel in that car, it's going to get all gummy. The engine's going to get all messed up and you're going to have to work twice as hard to get that engine back to normal, you know? So just like that, think of your body that way and be sure to be sensitive to the types of narratives you're consuming. Yes. Yes. And that all goes back to energy assessment, which we were talking about earlier, which is, mm -hmm. you know, you going in and going, okay, who am I as a energetic being and what do I need to actually sustain my energy? Right. Is it like love? Is it, you know, what, what stage of Eric Erickson's stages of development and Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Like what needs do I need to be fulfilled and what stage of development am I in? You know? Right. Yeah. Just kind of find, trying to figure out like, okay, like, um, you know, what, what is it that feeds my soul? Mm -hmm. Cause it's easy to get trapped into what you don't want and what doesn't feed your soul and that, that rhythm and a quick fix too. A quick so, fix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The band-aids. Uh, you're kind of touching on this idea of hedonism, um, that humans are pleasure-seeking creatures and that we will uh, choose that more pleasurable option when even though the other option will get us to long-term pleasure, but it's harder. So like that's working 50 hours a week, you know, it doesn't sound like that great but if you only did it one week and then you got a bunch of money at the end of it that would be you know you choosing the hard path for a long-term outcome as opposed to choosing the short more pleasurable path of not working the 50 hours a week right so choosing things that are good that we know are good for us like eating broccoli even though it might not taste the best you know it's like <laughs> Eat your vegetables because you know that it's good for you. Right. Right. Um, I just, uh, and it's funny because you're saying this because there, uh, I just um, was listening to this astrologer and he was talking about relationships and how relationships like food and, you know, the relationships that are the most nourishing are sometimes the ones that you don't really, you don't really want, you know, they're like broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> And the other relationships are like snacks, you know, the ones that like mm, <laughs> good mm, to mm. begin with. And, you know, you could just eat that all the time until you get sick, you know, and then you're like, uh -huh. oh, 
I've overdone it with this person or, <laughs> you know, or why can't we get along? Something like that, you know, cause that person was just a snack. That person wasn't for your actual. It wasn't sober. a good meal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that person was just a bag of chips. They weren't all that and a bag of chips. Right. <laughs> They weren't your bro. They weren't your broccoli, you know. But right. he's saying that he, um, for his kids, um, he had he had them eating a lot of salad every day, a big bowl of salad. And at first, they were just hating on it for, but it took a month for them to then love the salad and then start making the salads. So it's it's you know it takes a while for you to start to train yourself to get into something that's more nourishing for you, and it doesn't you know if it's uh it, it just could be um you know just like we said before it could be meditation it could be um something that seems hard at first but in the long term it's going to be more um have a continuum of bliss mm-hmm. a continuum of bliss not just a bliss for like an hour or a bliss mm-hmm. for like two or three hours but we're talking about just every day you wake up and you feel good yeah and that and that that takes work it takes practice like you said um in vipassana you work at meditation and by the end of it you realize that there's still a lot of work to be done before you can even graduate to walking meditation, you know, where monks are able to walk around and be in that meditative state while they're walking. Um, But it takes time to get there. And every practitioner will tell you that, you know, doing a 10 day meditation retreat still isn't easy for them either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It still takes time and you still go through like growth periods. And, but in the long run at the end of it like you said you have this continuum of bliss that comes to you through this practice that you're working on yeah Mm -hmm. i call it um in tantra i call it it's the weaving of your chakras so Mm -hmm after you're you're doing the work and you weave all your chakras together, then the energy has this conduit to come through that feels really good and it can constantly come through when all of your chakras are weaved together. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to do a quick fix and you're trying to do, I think of Tantra as like science, like you're like a scientist and you're exploring your sexuality through, in your sexual energy you're a scientist really observing it so if you don't have the right container and you're trying to do all these poses real quick and get to that orgasm real quick and get to that that deep stuff real quick not saying that you can't do it but i'm saying that if you don't build a container within your system your inner and outer worlds then you won't have that continuum of orgasmatastic energy mm-hmm. running through you you only have that that one or two days with your beloved right right and so because you wouldn't be able to give the energy a chance to fully um you wouldn't be able to give your body a chance to fully experience um 
the weaving of the chakras. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's kind of like you have to fill up your power bar a little bit till you reach that high point. You yes. can't just like have a, the best orgasm with your power bar like halfway full. Right. You can still orgasm, but it wouldn't be like the most amazing blissful experience or that deep connection. Right. And yeah, and I mean, it's like, it's, it's kind of like, um, it's like getting in a spaceship. Yeah, you could get in a spaceship and you could, you could, you could travel for that one day, but then you could come back and not remember how you got in the spaceship or not be able to travel ever again. Or mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Like here it's like, no, we start to build our energy so that we understand our tools. We understand our bandwidth. We understand our capacity. We understand our energetic system so well that we're able to, we're nourishing ourselves. We're giving our, our, our system the right fuel mm -hmm. so that when we take off and we go into space, we can fly anywhere. We can go anywhere. We can come back and remember. And we can remember. <laughs> right. That's the key part. Right. Uh -huh. But we have to fill our cup up and let it overflow with that energy. Yeah. Mm hmm some deep healing has to take place. We can't take it for granted. We have to put some work into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To ground it. Yeah, to ground it in. To ground in. And I think that's why we're here on this earth, to learn how to ground, to ground in, to be able to ground all this energy that's, that's happening. Yeah, to root in all the, the upgrades that are coming to our planet right now, too, from even the galactic center. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh -huh. Or like little antennas. Just like. Exactly. Yeah. We're just like channeling it in. And I feel like this particular week, too, is really, it's really happening this week as far as just like. Great. <laughs> The downloads and stuff like that can be feeling it. That's probably just what's happening right now. Our conversation right now is, is starting to feel like really galactic, right? It's like yeah, it's starting to feel like a download. Like mid, like halfway into our conversation, I was like, I'm starting to feel tingly. I know. <laughs> I know. Bringing up those vibes. Hopefully, uh, so that's like the idea to me. This time right now is a call to action especially within this, the month of July is a call to action for starseeds, lightworkers, rainbow warriors, you know, hybrid children, uh, whatever label you subscribe as, you are in the high vibe alternative community. And it's a call to action for us to really step into the limelight and to unapologetically say, you know, aliens are real and magic is real and energy is real. So you need to get with it and get your chakras in order because it's serious and that's what July is all about is this awakening but this really stepping into our power in the sense that I'm going to get a little political the fact that Donald Trump is the president of the United States 
should be your go-ahead. It should be your like billboard from God that says you can be as weird as you want and still become president. So like that should be your announcement. So let that empower you because that has definitely like in 2019, I was like, F it. Donald Trump is the president. I'm going to be my happy starseed self and run around being like starseed counseling, starseed counseling. You know, it's available for people who need it and not be afraid to really provide that spiritual service and not be afraid to um, really combat the darkness that we feel we're facing right now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in the Aquarian age and, you know, once Saturn goes back into Aquarius in December, we're in there for the long haul and we're really going to be building the Aquarian age. And so all those things that are Aquarian and, you know, we're the alien classes, I'll be teaching my fairy classes. I'll be teaching mm -hmm. my centaur. I'll be doing centaur healings. Yo, it's about to get like fantastical. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> magic, 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 magic. Right. <laughs> So it's, it's, yeah, it's time if, if, you know, it's going to get like real, there's a need for it. There's mm -hmm. a need for it. There's a need for all these energies coming in for us, for all of us to get creative and authentic and, mm -hmm. and really, you know, play and do what we need to do to up the energy right now like stepping into our power and ripping off our muggle clothes to reveal the superhero cloak underneath you know and being like this is who i am yeah shine Need captain planet where's captain planet right <laughs> which one of us is captain planet <laughs> <laughs> yes come on shine mm -hmm. yeah it's really really time to shine right now mm -hmm. shine bright to be like lighthouses. Yes. Calling the lost souls to shore to safety, to calling people into ground, to root into the earth, and to really um, feel that connection to the earth as real. And what's funny is that somebody asked me the other day, like, why do you do your meditations in nature and I was like oh, I mean I like nature and they were like oh so you like nature huh what what about nature do you like and I was like uh I'm a part of nature like like it's not to me nature isn't a commodity nature is not this thing that you consume on the weekends or this thing that you go hiking in um nature is all around us and it is inside of us and we are of it and so to, it sounded silly to be asked, like, well, what about nature do you like? Um, or why do you like nature so much? It, it, it sounds silly to ask that question because without nature, we wouldn't survive. So it's not, a, it's not a question of do I like it? It's more a question of how deeply do I respect nature? Yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You were saying before, I mean, you're breathing. You're breathing. That's nature. Mm -hmm. connected to the earth you're breathing hello if you don't have the air to breathe you don't live yeah the water to drink you're gone so mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> with those two things we're always you know connected 
and nature is, is we, we need to have respect for nature. And the fact that we don't have respect for nature is a telltale of our own disrespect we, that we have for our own humanity. Yeah, for our own selves, yeah. For our own selves, where we're just like, oh, we don't really like this life that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reflects that inner and outer world definitely reflects and it shows. And it's like, well, what do you like about nature? Well, I like the air because I can breathe it. And I like the water because I can drink it. And I like the sun because it helps grow my food, you know. Right. Yeah. Just just real basics. Not as if these things are disconnected mm-hmm. from us. Our connection is to nature is so simple. And at the same time, if you were to explain our connection to nature, it would require a complex explanation. You know, like you said, the respiratory function of how we breathe in oxygen and exhale uh, carbon monoxide that the earth, the trees in turn breathe in our carbon monoxide and exhale oxygen for us. And like, that's like the one connection, but it took a complicated, you know, answer but you're, it's simple in the sense that our breath connects us. Right. If you don't breathe, your heart doesn't beat. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get oxygen in your blood. You know, if you don't drink water, there are certain literal processes in your body that cannot take place if it doesn't have that H2O particle, you know. So water is super important. And so is eating those fruits and vegetables, which have all of those micronutrients that our body needs to perform some of these minute functions to even do DNA replication. So uh, it's really important that we respect nature on a deeper level. And again, reiterating like our connection to nature is simple and yet at the same time, it's magical and complex. Right. Yeah, because there's so many, I mean, if, if we wanna even go into narratives even with the, the plants, there, there's herb lore. Mm-hmm. So there's medicine that can help you and to help your physical body, but there's also the herb lore as well to help your energetic body. So you're, wow. not, you're eating, you know, you're eating things to, to um, like, let's say, oregano. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. a- the kitchen herb, right? So oregano can help you to clean your blood. Um, it can be used as an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. You but can make oil of oregano, which is really great for colds. Right, oil of oregano. You can just take it as a tincture, and it's super, super powerful. Like right away, you're like, whoa, okay, I feel it working. Yep, you can feel it working, super powerful. Um, everybody knows about oregano. As an herb lore, it is a protector as an herb lore. Wow. So magically. So when you're using it as magic, it is a protector. And so a lot of the herbs that are like that, who that are, have um, antibiotics in them, are actually protector herbs, which makes sense because mm-hmm. that's what they do to your body. They help protect it. They help protect it. They clean it and they protect. They boost your immune system. 
they boost your immune system and they get all the any kind of viruses out stuff like that so they're so it's it's really interesting when you know i just imagine being um you know in a world where it was just you and nature and and you had all these stories to all these herbs these trees all every every tree has a story Right. It has its own, like willow, willow bark is great. Is that's what they make aspirin out of. So like even the willow tree has its own story. Right. And so when you know about things holistically in a bigger thing versus um, what it can do for me, Mm -hmm. but what it does energetically, that's the bigger, that's like, it's more multidimensional. It becomes more multidimensional. Yes, it does. Because if if it does something physically, but then it has a spiritual effect and it's multidimensional in that way. Right. And so that kind of can help you get out of the dualism of of this world. Mm -hmm. And to open your mind. It's to go, okay, everything is, there's always a deeper story. There's always another narrative that's going on. Mm-hmm. Like like a diamond, there's always another, or a quartz crystal, there's always another shape, another side to it. Right. Right, and even the crystals have their lore. Mm-hmm. So they have what they're supposed to do for you physically, but also what they can do on a magical level. And then there's your own personal connection to that crystal. Mm-hmm. And what it does, what, how it amplifies your aura. Right. So you might not need, depending on what you're vibing and how you're vibing, you might not need to get um, a black jade to protect mm-hmm. you. You might need just a quartz, a rose yeah. quartz to protect you because you're just vibing on love and all you need is more love and reinforcements. Mm-hmm. So it's like once you get to know your energy and what it needs, then you can start to assess okay, this is what I need. This is what I need. Yes, because I have a a tiger's iron here. Mm -hmm. And tiger's eye, tiger's eye, tiger's iron is uh, really great for protection as well, but it's focusing on focus. So it's concentrating on attention. And if you can think about like a jungle cat and how it stalks its prey, right? Mm-hmm. So this enhances my ability to focus on my goals, which is protecting me from procrastination. It protects me from failure. <laughs> right, 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 right. See what I mean? So it's like once you get into like the lore of it, you go, oh, that's what this is good at protecting me at from. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily enemies, but it, it protects me from, um, you know, distractions. These other qualities that I don't want in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, and and that's but and that's and that's for you. It could be different for other people. What the um, right. eye will protect you from, or how your, you know, how you dance with your, your stuff is is, is very authentic to you. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a. Everybody has their own energetic fingerprint, if you will, and it's very unique because it was created through the experiences that you've had, and not everyone has had the same experiences in the same order, 
And so that creates a unique energetic fingerprint that you have that, you know, the crystal itself also has its own unique fingerprint as well. This is a round Amazonite crystal. And Amazonite is really good uh, for protection, um, but travel, it is it, connected to travel and on your journey. Oops, sorry. So everything has its own little um, unique story that is like a roadmap. And it's also like a key. So it connects to your energetic aura. So like every crystal has its own um, connects with you like like Tetris, I guess, in a different way than it might connect with somebody else's aura. Right. And it has, even though authentic, mm -hmm. everyone's fingerprint has an authentic inspiration. I mean, or has an inspiration. So mm -hmm. your inspiration, you can be inspired by um, that crystal differently than somebody else might be inspired and somebody might be inspired by you as a person mm -hmm. and your energy differently than other than someone else you know so yeah yes i totally get that because um i'm on instagram at breezy golden g and on instagram you know i follow a lot of other uh, female healers who are in doing similar things to me because I follow them because I'm inspired by them, you know, and they remind me to stay on a certain path and it, it keeps me strong. And, and we're, you know, as we were talking about earlier about the media that we consume, you know, I follow them because that's the media that I want to consume. And then again, emit, I want to take in part of that energy and emit a unique form of that energy out myself. So, you know, everybody is, is different. Our unique expressions are similar and at the same time different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying talking to you. I know, it's deep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're, going, we're going like uh, traveling. Yeah, this is space travel. We're gonna ship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, space travel, this is great. I really, uh, I'm having like deja vu right now that's <laughs> what i mean this week is deep this mm -hmm. week this we're flying this week like everybody you contact with it's gonna be like this like you you know this conversations these conversations feel like this conversation feels like an attunement or something like that like it feels like activation or something like that there's other things happening while we're having this conversation I definitely feel that energy because it's like I want to I'm like focusing on this conversation but I definitely feel like there's stuff moving behind me but there's nothing behind me but I feel like there's stuff moving behind me and there's nothing behind me right yeah like I feel like a very like playful energy you know it's like we're talking about these deep things but I feel like the fairies are like dancing or something behind me or you know what I mean like I just feel like this, this play happening or there's this party going on mm -hmm. uh, it's like it's the chaos dance do the chaos dance <laughs> the chaos dance because <laughs> everything's in flux everything is like literally um if you watch like these sand experiments where they adjust the frequency 
in some sort of plate and the sand shifts and changes shapes with the change of the frequencies. And so like the sand will take one shape and then as it shifts frequencies, the sand shifts to create the next shape. But as it's creating the next shape, everything's chaotic. It doesn't look like it's really making anything. It doesn't make any sense until it finally harmonizes with the frequency and solidifies into that shape. So take that metaphor and apply it to human society right now. Yeah. We were in a certain shape before with certain paradigms and certain perspectives and certain ways of living life. And we wanted a change. We called for a change. You know, 2012, we called for a change. So now in 2020, we're finally in that shift period where the sand is shifting and everything looks chaotic and it doesn't really look like it's going to take any sort of shape at all. Um, but this is the call to action moment where the star seeds and the light workers and the ha what have you come in and anchor in that next shape. So we call in that next shape so that we solidify. And that's why the fairies are dancing right now is because they're just enjoying the chaos dance. They're just, you know, they're like, everything's, everything's going to be fine. You know, everything's going to go back into a certain frequency. We're going to be in a higher frequency, a different frequency. Um, but right now it's, it's time to do the chaos dance. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes, I'm totally feeling it. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a new world. It's a new world. Mm -hmm. What do we want that to look like? You know, it's up to us. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you said, to root it in, to ground it in. Mm -hmm. To ground it in. Pew, 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 awakening, awakening, <laughs> it's happening, it's happening, in the words of Patty Universe, it's happening, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's happening. Ship is, is departing. <laughs> yep, holy shift. <laughs> that's my, that's a saying from my friend Brendan Culleton, who is the leader of Paradigm Shift Central. <laughs> holy shift yeah holy shift <laughs> i love it i love it and you know we've been calling it in for since 2012 and even before then you know mm -hmm. i feel like e even uh, in the 60s I, a lot of the stuff because a lot of the themes that are happening now are themes that were presented in, in or in the 60s in, in, in a certain sense but I think a lot of that stuff is, is a lot of those dreams. Mm -hmm. Are coming to life that right now and are actually being fully realized. Yeah. It makes sense too, since uh, the people who were our age, like 20 to 30, who were alive in the 60s and 70s, you know, now they're the older population, you know, so it makes sense that we have this resurgence of these values um, come to the forefront and that humans are young in terms of being a evolved species on this planet in terms of like where we are at with technology, everything is still young. So it makes sense that, uh, you know, it feels like we've been asking for this since the sixties, but in nature's timeline, that's not, that long from like the 60s to 2040 years yeah it's yeah. not that long at all at all mm -hmm. 
So it seems to be happening. It's true. It's happening just exactly as it needs to. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Although I feel the next 20 years, we will accelerate some of our dreaming will be accelerated. Within oh, it's the- happening in this lifetime. Yes. Yeah within the next 20 years. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of us, why, why we decided to be here, because this is actually a quite a magical time to be alive in the world. Even mm-hmm. though for some of us, it might feel like it's a terrible time, but it's actually a really exciting time because so much is gonna change over the next 20 years. So much is changing and change is ultimately for the better. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yay! Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I could like talk to you for like hours and hours and hours. Yeah, this was so great. Thank you for having me. Yay! And um, is there anything that you would like to tell the listeners about what you're doing and stuff like that, where they can find you? Sure. So. Uh... Again, my name is Brianna Breezy Spreadlove, and I am a mental wellness practitioner uh, specializing in holistic health. And you can find me at my website, goldenguyan.com. That's golden, G-A-I-A-N.com. Or you can find me on social media, Breezy Golden G, or at Golden Guyan Wellness. Um, and that's the, the Golden Guyan Wellness is where you can find all my products, such as glass jewelry that I make, and crystal earrings, as well as meditation candles. Yay! Yes, I'm so happy. Thank you for having me here, and I look forward to seeing you again. Yes, thank you. Big, big, big hugs. Mm, 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 mm. And all you high vibe humans out there, stay healthy, stay light, and don't give up the fight.